Hi, my name is Joe Jackson. I'm a journalist, author, interviewer and broadcaster. I also happened to become an interviewer back in 1985 purely to meet mostly my music heroes to talk with after I'd interviewed Leonard Cohen and the one-hour conversation left me feeling positively transcendent. So for the rest of my career, working for various magazines, newspapers, radio and so on, I, I tended to track down continually some of my music heroes as well as the uh, other interviews which I did more so on assignment. But Bert Bacharach was someone I wanted to talk with. Sadly, it wasn't a face-to-face. It was a phoner we did in 1998. Sorry, The man died this week. There are many obituaries, many tributes to him. I think my be- the tri- best tribute I can deliver is simply to read the article that I wrote for the Irish Times. Which comes first, the words or the music, is one of the dumbest questions you can ask a songwriter. As the late Sammy Khan once retorted, actually comes first is the check when you get a commission to do the thing with the subtext of his understandably peaked response being if anyone asks me that question again i'll crown him with a piano but in fact sammy was wrong without getting too existential about this what really comes first is the socially and genetically constructed person who creates the song and then sends it winging out from within her or his own private psychology into some shared place beyond any specific space or time. (laughs) No, that is, of course, if the song is truly a work of art. And few would deny that Bert Bacharach has created many such songs more often in collaboration with lyricist Hal David, from one of his first hits, the appropriately titled Magic Moments, right through the likes of Walk On By, 24 Hours From Tulsa, Anyone Who Had A Heart, Alfie, Make It Easy On Yourself, and This Guy's In Love With You, to name but a few that are best known. The best of these also are defined by a decidedly delicious sense of internal displacement, often purely as a result of the postmodern time signatures Bert uses but maybe even more so in terms of some nameless longing which sits at the soul of the song. Yet if this takes us right back to Bert himself, it might be stretching cause and effect connections too far to suggest that such feelings are rooted in the network of complexes that develop in his childhood because he was, quote, small, shy and Jewish. But not so far that the link is totally implausible. The 67-year-old composer admits speaking on the phone from Los Angeles. He also addresses Neil Diamond's belief that being Jewish deeply influences the emotional texture of a composer's music. When it comes to the sense of yearning in many of my songs, much of it is unconscious. You begin to compose and just accept that this is where the music comes from and takes you. But as for any Jewish background... I was Jewish, but pretended not to be, he says, conceding that, yes, part of his pretense was forced on him by racist Catholics in New York, who, for example, when they played football against a Jewish team, would invariably say, let's go and kick the shit out of those Jews. Tellingly, Bert Bacharach's own family also suffered from similar prejudices. While I came from a family where nobody was too thrilled about being Jewish, he elaborates. Neil may find that the truest notes in his music are when he captures the Jewish cry, but he is very much more in tune with that part of his background than I am. With me, the bass, I feel, really has more to do with my romantic longing. That, to me, is totally authentic. Otherwise, it wouldn't be there in so many of my songs. And I've always been that way. Even back 
when I believed there was not one girl in a school of 3,000 in Forest Hills who was smaller than me. <laughs> but what about now? Is Bert Bacharach still a romantic? I'd like to think so. I believe so, he says. Not exactly a startling revelation, perhaps, as his current wife, Jane, is the fourth he's promised to love, honour, and all that other impractical nonsense. The first was singer Paula Stewart, followed by actor Angie Dickinson, then songwriter Carl Bersager. I keep on trying, man. I keep on trying, he jokes. Not so discreetly closing the door on any indelicate intrusion into the area of his private life, as is the norm in Bert Bacharach interviews. Yet let's not forget that when it comes to talk of love and sex, what matters most about this man are not so much his own romantic inclinations as the fact that he has written countless crystalline codes to Eros, which have been used for magnificently immoral purposes for numberless lovers since at least the 60s. As for these days, well, Oasis' main man and Bert Bacharach fanatic Noel Gallagher has said, if you can't persuade a woman to sleep with you after playing her Bacharach, you may as well forget it. But which song? Bert? Oh, I think the look of love. Don't you? He responds, his legendary charm tangling up the telephone line in tones which suggest he personally knows that this song in particular is a real killer when it comes to romance. But let's look at this Gallagher link more closely. Noel recently told me that as a songwriter he aspires to the sophistication of Bert Bacharach, a goal which is arguably beyond his reach, because Bacharach himself is obviously very much the product of a particular time and of influences which include, he says, bebop musicians like Charlie Parker, impressionist composers like Ravel, and even a stint studying with French composer-pianist Darius Milod. And one of the most important lessons I learned along those lines was when I wrote an unabashed melodic sonata at a time when my fellow students were composing dissonant, fist-thumping music, and Milord praised it and said, never be afraid of something that people can whistle or remember. Bacharach recalls. But does he really believe that whippersnapper songwriters like Noel Gallagher can even begin to emulate this process of learning? Well, I had a foundation there and absorbed a lot of music, he says. But I don't know whether contemporary songwriters bother to learn the rules, to go to music school, read music, or just dump everything onto a tape saying that everything is written in their heads. I just know what kind of approach wouldn't work for me. And if you want to know what also really did work for Bacharach, it was singers who frequently stretched their talents for him further than they might for other composers. As was obvious from the BBC documentary on Bacharach last Christmas, which showed a clearly frustrated Scylla Black looking like she was going to die or kill Bert during the recording of Alfie. Likewise, recently released outtakes of Elvis Presley have him snarling, goddamn son of a bitch, as he stumbles over that marvellous bridge in the song Any Day Now. So why did Bert Bacharach put singers through hell? I haven't heard that Presley take though I'd love to. I didn't even know he recorded any day now, he claims, delighted that the fact that it was the B-side on Presley's comeback single In the Ghetto in 1969. But in terms of song structures, none of that was intentional. I just wrote what I felt was right. And I've always had people in the music industry look at my time signatures and the vocal range in a song and say, you can't do that. 
I've shown them you can, if it feels right. Though in retrospect, I realise I shouldn't perhaps have made it so challenging for vocalists. These days, I like to make it accessible, so it's not stressing a singer out, not pushing them to meet such demands. Uh, since when did any artist of worth reach their full potential without being pushed beyond the range of their perceived limits? Since when did any artist of any worth reach their full potential without being pushed beyond the range of their perceived limits? Surely, for example, neither Silla Black nor Scott Walker, who sang lead on the positively transcendent Make It Easy On Yourself, are so petty that either of them will moan about the demands of the original recording session when they realise the work of art they created has endured more than 30 years and will probably endure throughout time. That is true, says Bert. But when I went to see Promises, Promises on Broadway, I realised that the singers were not being allowed to express themselves fully because the songs were relatively difficult. But to go back to your original question before we end, I must admit that more than anything else, what I've always been aware of is the rush of time, trying to get more and more done before it's all over. I was like that back when I started, and I'm still like that today. I'm always working against the clock. Maybe in the final analysis, that's the longing at the soul of my work, if there is just one. That desire to beat time before time runs out. Bert Beckerack, rest in peace. Hi, Joe Jackson here again. I thank you for listening to this edition of the Joe Jackson Interviews podcast. If you want to check out some of my articles, including the article on Bert Beckerack, you can go to my website, joejacksoninterviewer.com. Thanks again.